0: Okay, welcome to the Movie Overload podcast. My name is Weave, and here we are talking about um, movies uh, through the history of cinema, from A Trip to the Moon to Parasite and everything in between, except for Woody Allen. Fuck Woody Allen. As ah. I said before, my name is Weave, and I'm joined, uh, as, as usual, I won't say as always, by uh, my dear friends, Anna, Aiden, and Hunter.
1: Woo! I'm Hi. drinking sweet tea. Of course. Woo. It's a sweet time. And what movie are we talking about today, Weave?
0: We are, we are covering Jean-Dumont-Ventoire, <laughs> Quai du Commerce, 1080 Bruxelles.
1: Yes. Yay! Uh, or mm-hmm. as
2: Hunter Woods call
3: it. No,
1: I'm not. I can't. <laughs> 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 I couldn't say uh, it to you off the top of do, my head. Anna was setting up a bit where Hunter mispronounces the title, yeah. but none of the rest of us can even remember the full title. Because it's a long, long one. And None of it makes sense. It's just the street address, and it's not mine. And I can Dude, barely remember mine.
2: Can we take group. a group trip and go find her address?
1: Please? Is it a real Going address? Going on a trip and a special nice. rocket ship. Those are not any of that's think- not. You did that all wrong. That I never watched the show.
2: 100% wrong.
0: Isn't it? We're going on a trip in our favorite rocket ship.
2: Favorite rocket ship. Yeah. He said special, and he sang it to the I wrong tune. S-
1: I, said, I thought I said little rocket ship.
0: Well, you did it wrong, apparently. I already forgot. I I, but guess what? We've got a recording of it. Whoa. Yay. Oh, ho, oh, oh. ho. So you can go back and figure out what was actually said there.
1: <laughs> Great. Great. So, uh... <laughs> Uh, movie Movie Uh is is movie
0: It's a long movie It's a movie movie as long as its title
2: I would like to preface This entire podcast with uh, An open letter An open apology, I don't know Um, if you have listened to this podcast Enough to listen to our Andre Rubliov episode Then you know that that day I had some spicy things to say About long movies to redact many of my statements and like,
0: <laughs> I was I wondering, wondering come that. around. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this definitely worked for you. This movie so.
2: worked for me so much and I would also just like to say that the day that I watched Andrew love was like one of the, like, it was a horrible day. I was so stressed all day and then like watching this long movie and like counting by the seconds trying to finish it as fast as possible was not it. That's not the vibe. Yeah,
0: that's definitely not how to, watch, not that how to one, watch that That's not how to watch that one. But but I also was a little bit rude to, like, to fight back against your statements about long lengths of movie when you were clearly, like, just annoyed.
2: Yeah, I movie. mean, like, it's okay. You know? It was a good discussion. But Andre has stuck in my mind. I still think about it all the time. So I'm like, ooh, that's, like, a sign of a good film. Like, I'm thinking about it still.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I learned.
0: I think it's probably worth going back to. It's worth
2: going back to. Mm-hmm. I definitely think so. And this movie, I was really intentional. I also knew I wouldn't have time to just sit and watch it in one sitting. And I watched it in chunks by day. So, like, each day is about an hour long. And, like, that was the ideal way to watch this movie. Because, like, there's space between days in her life so that the feelings of deja vu are heightened even more. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It was very good. And this movie totally worked for me. I loved it so much. I, like, man, it's so
0: good uh yeah it it i i definitely got into that zone watching it probably within like the first few minutes where i was like oh this is one of those movies i when i'm watching and i'm like why do any other movies exist and why do why is anything I, I get that way i guess where i was like i was thinking about like Christoph uh kilovsky and being like why does he do like grand epic cinematic things when apparently this minimalist movie is the greatest thing that I've ever seen. And I go all bonkers and, and then I watched one of his movies and I'm like, Oh yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. But, but that's what I was saying to Aiden as we were watching it. We had to pause it like a billion times. So I feel like we also got some of some of what you yeah. had. Um, I think that probably helps. I think the only person who just probably watched it straight through, Hunter, did you just watch it straight through or? Yeah.
3: I mean, I probably had some minor pauses,
0: but for the most part, yeah. Mm. And that it it was just a slog for you, or
3: uh, so don't probably not more of a slog than it's intended to be. I don't know. That's fair because it's clearly not trying to be entertaining. So
0: yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's
3: or at least just textually, it's just very. I
0: cool. think you're. It's one of those movies where you're supposed to get caught up in every little tiny visual detail um every little like
1: maybe philosophical detail Do you know detail. what bugged me the um, entire I'm ba- movie? I'm bad at that. What did bug you the did whole time? Did
2: anyone notice that sometimes there was one chair in the kitchen and sometimes there were two chairs in the kitchen and like I noticed yeah. that the chairs changed. It like what
1: I think it was uh, deeply embedded symbolism <gasps> for uh the absence of the uh father figure uh in in the relationship uh, who was an abuser and she murdered. Oh. Yay? Hot take. Nay,
2: I kind of like the well, idea that she maybe murdered him for being abusive.
1: Well, I think you see him getting murdered in the end. I think that whole section there is a flashback. Uh, uh No. I disagree. I disagree. But, but you can aye. read it how you want
0: to. And that is interesting. I, I don't know. I
2: did wonder, like when I saw her do that, I did wonder, and like that whole scene, the whole time, and oh, and when her son was kind of like, my friend was telling me all about it. Does it hurt? And she was like, "Okay, good night." It just made me wonder <laughs> what did happen with her husband, and yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, I don't, I don't doubt that. Like, there's, there's a decent possibility that she offed him too, but I don't think that that was it.
1: So I think that the whole thing is a construction around her dealing with the the grief of being in a an abusive relationship where she eventually wound up killing him and coming to terms with all of that and all of that slowly. And we're picking up on details and details mm. until it uh, comes in at the end. I, d- yeah, I don't see that, that as be. much.
2: I see... I guess just, like, this is all that my life has been and can be. Like, noticing how really careful Mm -hmm. she was about turning on and off the lights and closing the doors, it made me remember that she Mm -hmm. was a child teenager during the war and, like, talks about, like, the American liberation and, like, things like that where I'm like, oh, this is probably residual, like from Hmm. the war actually the two wars that she lived through like these like turning on the lights and stuff and like that she was raised by her aunts and then Hmm. immediately got married and like that was all that her life ever was was chores and that she i wrote this in my notes while i was watching it during the first day she's filled her life with chores and tasks because she doesn't have anything else like she doesn't know how to do anything else with her time she must be working and that's why like Mm. she scrubs the bathtub every time she takes a bath because what else are you gonna do spend five minutes sitting waiting Mm.
0: yeah and but i also do think that part of that is like also economic difficulties like i think it Mm -hmm. i think that contributes as well i I, like i also read the closing doors and turning off lights as as being an energy saving thing and also the way that she has to get money and and the way that she does use money is is also very controlled and so i see like just sort of Mm -hmm. on all sides this sort of yeah. feeling of, of being trapped not only by one's own ability to really do it much with their lives, but also with economic constraint, um, et cetera, et cetera, having a child to take care of and,
3: uh, was definitely not like 40 years old.
0: Okay. That's the weird bit was that Aiden was like, I don't know. I think this is like an what? older dude. And I was like, I don't know, maybe a college age kid, apparently high school, Yeah.
1: i I was shifting through the whole time between whether or not he was very young or kind of old and just sort of young looking because of the way that the way he carried himself also like i
2: mean this is also kind of a statement on her life but like she still picks out his outfits for him and like cleans up his clothes which like Mm. yikes but also maybe that's also trying to communicate that he's younger
1: Well, there's a lot of actions that sort of infantilize him or paint him as, like, an infant, like, figure. uh, But also a lot of other things that sort of suggest that he has some sort of, like, autonomy and greater age.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like his friend, I can't remember his friend's name, feels like a a character that, like, does make him sound like he has his own... Mm -hmm life outside of the mm-hmm. home but then also his like difficulty with pronunciation that his mom yeah. helps him with and whatever does make him feel much more like a child um mm-hmm. I don't know there's there's just a lot of, uh mm-hmm. I don't know it's one of those movies that's just yeah. like the well, more you think about what any of me it is how the more depressing it is
2: <laughs> he was invested in their routine like at first you're like oh man this poor kid like trapped in his mom's routine like this is maybe toxic, and then when she starts slipping, like, he's like, hey, are you gonna, like, like, when he like when her button is unbuttoned, and, like, I took that to not be a, like, mom, the scandal, you're not dressed all the way, but, like, mom, like, the routine is off. Your button is unbuttoned. I don't know. I thought that was kind of a sweet, almost yeah. like a testament to their relationship that I... Mm-hmm. It just felt so cold until then, and it like taking it out of context, that could be kind of like, dude, what's your deal? But like, in context, I'm like, oh, like, they both like it, in their own way. Yeah.
0: I think, I think part of it's yeah, oh maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. They like it, but mostly it just feels like that's safe. Like it's not uh, pleasurable, but it is safe.
1: Yeah. Um, so at that one point, I think it's on the first day mm-hmm. that they get a letter from her sister, mm-hmm. who comes in and like uh, is is like trying yeah. to get them to kind of move out to I think Canada was it? Yeah. Yeah, and they seemed uh, I don't know. It's it's not like they had like much going on in Brussels. Like yeah. their entire life is pretty much confined to this apartment and then school and then they go on a nightly walk and they but they also seem reticent to like move forward and like change their life mm-hmm. at all
0: Mhm Yeah like I do feel like the options were either move or kill someone
2: <laughs> I yeah
0: um and it's interesting how it, as a movie, does bring you to that place, because, I don't know, I like okay, I'm, I mean, we've already kind of spoiled it, but, but yeah, at the end, she does kill somebody, and then is, like, sitting there for, like, 10 minutes, sort of covered in blood a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. More importantly than any of this uh, is the fact that we need to dispel a common urban legend surrounding this movie.
2: Oh, my gosh, this is really it important. It is very
1: important. Uh, because the comment
2: for the dignity of my dear friend, Jean or however Jean, however you say her name, I can't. I don't know. Jean? Jean? Jenny.
1: I have no idea what she's <laughs> leading Jean. to. I'm very curious. Yes. So, uh, there is an internet joke because this movie is long and slow and is based off of details. People make jokes about the fact that at one point she drops a potato, and that that is a major like thing in the movie and you're like oh excitement and danger she drops a potato but she never drops a potato
2: it never happens she never drops one
1: she drops a shoe brush she drops a shoe brush at one point she burns the potatoes well she, she overboils the potatoes over-boil. she
2: doesn't burn them she overboils yes. them. and
1: she has to go out to the shops and get new things um
0: but, she, but, the, but
1: no potato drops, is ever dropped. Drops a potato. So it's
3: because she takes that one potato out of the bag, right? And, and I think... And uh, a shoebrush is roughly potato-sized, so it's probably easy to be like...
0: Ugh. Yeah, but it's yeah. like, man, you're watching a three-and-a-half-hour movie and you're talking about the one interesting plot point and, like, you didn't even you pay attention wrong. to that one interesting plot yeah. point. So, like, whose fault is it?
1: Well, and this is what the internet does to movies because I bet there are a lot of people who only know that movie for that joke. For the joke ah yes it's a slow artsy movie uh, Weave and I were talking about it when we were watching it. This feels very much like the first movie we've seen from this list that feels like modern art house movie it's like yeah, it has that vibe it's where we move from like old art house movies which were basically just like foreign films like oh it's vaguely European <laughs> oh, it's Akira Kurosawa? It's like too fancy for us Americans. And that, uh, you know, like, oh yeah, that's technically considered art house or whatever. But this is like, no, this is like a slow burn character piece that is going to try to push you to the limits to make a point. Uh, and, And the thing that people do is they make a joke that isn't really that like, actually representative of the facts of the movie, but gets across like a general point in the movie, and there's a flippantness to it mm-hmm. where they, they don't it, it doesn't really mean that it's just a joke, but somehow the jokes become more important than actually talking about a movie
0: well, One thing that I wanted to ask was was how everybody reacted to the ending because at first it seemed really out of place and different and like film twisty in in a, in a modern sense. And I was like, I don't know how I feel. And then it like, I kind of sat there in silence with it. And then eventually it like kind of clicked and works for me. But I'm, I'm curious how everybody else felt about it.
2: It worked for me. Mm -hmm. I was definitely surprised. Like I was watching just like, by myself, and I, like, whispered, like, and I was like, I'm an old lady, I just am, and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> when she, like, stabs him, uh-huh. and it's, like, it's comical, like, if you've seen it, you know that he just kind of goes, like, <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> that's it, like, it's, it's kind of, like, a comical, cartoony death, and I don't, I'm, oh. like, that's not how you would die if you got stabbed in the throat.
1: Probably not. It's not how you die, but there is something to the effect where it's, in, in some ways, very not cartoony. It is very matter of fact. Oh, it's so raw. And, oh my and, gosh. And flat and so unmovie.
2: The cartoony, I guess, was purely the sound effect yeah. Yeah. of the dude. Yeah. Um.
1: I don't know. It felt kind of subdued
0: to me. Like, it, it was just, in a weird way, it kind of. Chantal Ackerman just made it feel like just as much of a routine thing as everything else in the movie Mm. yeah and that like (laughs) what
1: oh it's just giving you some some, some, oh, oh, some, gotcha. Poetry. Like, okay, but Tapping on
0: well, the mic. I thought yeah. there was something wrong with my mic or oh, something. Hunter like oh. looked at you so concerned. I, know, I was
3: just like, what's happening? Why are you giving me things to edit out? But I guess I won't. D- D-
1: Hunter, <laughs> edit this all out. There. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> Hunter, there's not going to be any. Podcast. You have to so, make sure
0: there's only five minutes of podcast because so, we can't so make Hunter, a point.
1: What did you think of the ending of the film? So, I don't know. I wonder if
3: that would maybe get into the larger, well, not that I want to go too into that, but my larger issue of not really connecting to the movie as a whole. Because I feel like this movie is a movie that kind of requires a lot of sort of sympathy and inference and subtext of character and things. And all of that is stuff I'm really bad at or at the very least is stuff that I don't tend to get on first watch mm-hmm. of movies. So a lot of this movie just kind of rolled off of me, unfortunately. So the end of the movie was just kind of another thing that happened. And I was like, well, I didn't expect her to murder someone, but also like, I just, I'm not in the headspace enough to like, get it.
0: Sure. So mm-hmm.
3: I have mostly no comment.
0: Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's kind of honestly part of the hard thing about about the podcast in general is that we only have one viewing and a lot of these movies are movies that are specifically helpful on on multiple viewings yeah. and, and
3: i i can't guarantee that it would be better on a rewatch for me, sure but i suspect that it probably would be at least a little bit I yeah my my classic example that i look to is just like francis saw right we'll see we'll watch way later but like that first time i saw that movie it was kind of the same thing it was just like yep that's a movie where some, some things happened, I guess. Mm-hmm. And like none of it meant anything to me. And then I watched it again and I was like, oh, this actually means a lot to me. And yeah. It just, I don't know. I think I'm just not so great at picking up on those kinds of things. And I feel like there, it might be a lot heavier in this movie because it's even more mundane and just expecting yeah. to like, like the, the fact that like, you know, we already brought up earlier the, like the, the lingering uh, hanging absence of, the husband slash father figure. I did not even think about that for most of the movie. Hmm. Like I just wasn't, that's just not where my mind was. And gotcha. I'm just like, yep. Okay. Life things happening. I don't know mm-hmm. why, but like, I just, that's not how I think about things like that. So, hmm. and then I saw someone mention it in a letterbox for you and I was like, Oh, that actually, if you, if I think about that, that had some things, huh? So I don't know. That just, yeah. So, that's no, just that, a me thing.
0: That's interesting, because I wonder if Tokyo Story is sort of a similar... Probably. Because this this feels like all of the things about Tokyo Story kind of on steroids. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Like, where where there's just the point of the movie, to an extent, is giving you space to think about all, Mm -hmm. like, think in between the lines on everything. And I Um, cannot tell you a single movie I've ever done that with, like, where I
3: noticed Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. That's, again, that's just...
0: How well yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's also not how most movies are. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I guess of of the four of us, Anna, you seem like the one who's who's most used to reading in between the lines on yeah. on everything. Yeah.
2: Although you're an um, English major, so I feel like we might be tied in our ability to read between the lines.
0: I feel like you pick out stuff that I don't a lot of times. Well, I I think I have to be like, I can sit down and like write meaning out of something. Um but I don't always notice every single detail like that on the first watch. I do notice well. a lot. Um, I think it definitely, it definitely can depend on my mood. Cause like, um, yeah, well, I think the first time I watched, for example, like Redbeard, I was like, yeah, this is an interesting movie and I have opinions on it and I like it, but I don't really know why. And the second time I watched it, I couldn't finish it um, because I had, literally too many things i wanted to write about <laughs> that i i couldn't get through the like there's a 3 hour movie and i could only get through the first hour mm-hmm. because i kept pausing to write stuff down so it, sometimes it just it goes like that um
2: i think the reason I have- that i connected so strong with this movie and maybe hunter why you did it and this is just surmising um but one of the things like i always imagine myself in the movie and like if I was in this character's shoes would I, what would I be doing would I have this same problem like thinking about Columbus and putting myself in her shoes mm-hmm. and like okay if I was in your position what kinds of decisions would I be making would I find this hard like things like that so watching this movie I'm putting myself in her shoes and uh that's I guess that's just a way that I engage with media um maybe yeah. referring mm-hmm. back to a f- former episode, maybe that's why horror movies get me so bad, because I put myself in there too much, mm-hmm. and then I'm, like, in their yeah. head too deeply, um, but what got me about this movie is that I was imagining, okay, if I was in a position, I'm a widow, I'm trying to work, like, what would I do, like, what, what would my life look like, and then I was like, how do I even, if I'm deciding that I'm gonna be a prostitute, like, How would I even find customers? And I was thinking about that a lot of the movie. I was like, how did she Mm. even meet these men and then find out that they would pay her this much money for an afternoon? Like, that's just crazy Mm. to me that... I don't know how that happened. But anyway, thinking about a life of just, like, cleaning and service, and that was kind of unnerving because that's not so far away from, like what could literally like what marriage is like in a lot of places and what Mm. the expectations are and not that i'm like boo the patriarchy making women clean but just like i mean well kind of but um what i was afraid of was having a life that was so unfulfilling that that was it like I hope that my life never stagnates that much and I'm afraid of it doing so, I guess. That kind of, like, that tangented away from my original point and it, yeah, anyway, I meandered through some thoughts.
1: I was interested, though, because on first watching, I picked up on a lot of that sort of thing. How much of this movie is intended to be a critique of the social role of women in society as it's like perceived. And this is like, what are women's social roles and how in a feminist sense is that sort of suppressing them and removing their agency from their own lives? And like how many of the choices that, you know, Jin is making is are built out of pragmatism and how many of them are built out of this expectation from what her role is supposed to be as a woman, as a, as a mother, as a, uh, person within the space of sex and romance, like exactly how much of her life is she really in control of and how much of it is, uh, just kind of, Designated to her, mm-hmm. due to like just the fact that she's a woman in society. There's yeah. that
3: bit in the letter from the sister, isn't there, about just being like, "Why don't you just
0: remarry?" <laughs> <on."> <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I have, I have, I have a few thoughts. I mean, I think one, Chantal Ackerman apparently does not like the label feminist for herself, yeah. but it's, but it's obviously kind of nonetheless a very like feminist film in a lot of ways, or Mm -hmm. or can easily be read in a feminist light. Um, I guess I'm not quite sure. I didn't do enough reading to figure out why she did have problems with, with the the specific label of feminism. I don't know Mm -hmm. if she would like prefer womanism or, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Um, But this is, but this is very clearly a feminist film in addition to being a minimalist film, but it also feels like, arguably the first feminist film that we've covered hmm. um there are definitely films that have feminist readings and feminist elements yeah mm-hmm. um like cleo but I, but i don't know that in at least in the way that i i think of feminism and that i understand it there's anything that fits quite as much as as this
1: it seems a lot more pointed than a lot of other films mm-hmm. like it seems to be intentionally directing the conversation mm-hmm. around the similar topics yeah you know because w- whether or not you know uh chantelle ackerman would label herself a feminist or this a feminist film it is a film about a woman and uh you know it's it's about women
0: yeah but i don't think that cleo is explicitly a feminist well, film in oh, the same it, way you know what i mean
1: well it has a lot of lot of elements. It's just it has, on a different, uh, different part of like the social function because a lot of that is about uh, beauty and image and presentation of the self and yeah. the self image versus that conflict with society's view of the self. Uh, there's a lot of that there. Uh, I would consider it a very feminist film. I mean, but I I, I, I guess that's hand. what I'm saying is I think it has you know?
0: feminist elements, but as far as the theme of the film goes. I don't think that Cleo is... I, I guess I'm thinking of, of feminism in, like, the criticism sense. Yeah, it's which like, is...
1: I Okay, you described to me what, like, in an English literary sense, feminism describes, and that as a cultural concept is completely lost on me. Like, that is not at all the cultural implications or understandings of the word that I have... Ever experienced, sure. or I've known anyone to ever like yeah. express.
0: So I, I guess when, when I'm that's yeah, sort so of where I'm coming from, in labeling this as a feminist film as opposed to a film with what feminist theme
1: do you would you define as like feminist uh, theory?
0: Well, yeah, from from what in I have read, sense. um in in the rhetorical theory sense, feminism um, and, and feminist criticism is is specifically uh, looking at um, sort of deconstruction it, like it's it's not deconstruction in that sense but but how something challenges or, or deconstructs a form of of patriarchy or a form of of hegemony of any kind um but but obviously originating with women and patriarchy yeah. um and that that relationship um which is why I feel like and I think that obviously you can have feminist readings of anything we could have a feminist reading of a trip to the moon mm-hmm. um, but as far as a movie that like is distinctively, like crucially, very pointedly talking about this exact thing. Mm-hmm. Um Jean Dilman um is is definitely looking at that specific point, I think.
2: I like it because there are some things that you watch and I'm like Twentieth Century Woman is obviously like feminism, like the patriarchy, and it's, like, loud about it, and it's brilliant. And I appreciate about this movie that it's so quiet about it, and Mm -hmm. not that I'm, like, I guess I don't want anyone to hear me saying, like, women need to be quieter about their qualms with the patriarchy and society and hegemony and whatever. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that I appreciate that it gives you the space to think about it at your own pace, I guess, that mm-hmm. like, for some viewers like on Letterboxd, I was reading some reviews and some people were so angry in their reviews, like this is just like, they're angry, they're fiery angry about the patriarchy and about Sean's position and I appreciate that this film also gives you space to have an experience more like mine and more like what I think we've you experienced where it's just kind of like This is, ah, like, I don't, I don't know how to express the feeling because I didn't feel angry or frustrated or like, man, this world really sucks. I mean, I did feel that, but it was more just like, ah, I want to aspire to live my life differently and I want to aspire to have more freedom and autonomy than she had. And I'm really grateful that I live in 2021 And not 1975 um, because Mm -hmm. I have more freedom and autonomy. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is that I appreciate that this movie is so quiet with its space so that you can almost have a really private and personal experience with what is trying to be expressed. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that makes it more accessible a little bit, even though it's not a very accessible movie as Hunter experienced
0: (laughs) i think it's yeah i think that's the difference is i think we we have often i think maybe our cultural perception boils down feminism to to an extent some like kind of fiery empowerment of women and i think that that, like you're saying like that is an important aspect and that's good but there also does have to be this room of like introspection Mm -hmm. i think on on the issues or even just um just understanding the life like yeah, I mean I I guess that's really just just rephrasing what you said yeah. there. But um, I learned
2: how to bread veal cutlets better because I've tried to bread things so many times and it always fails. But like it worked so well for her. I I'm going to try her mm. method and see if I can get it to work. Yeah.
0: I was thinking about that too. Yeah, the <laughs> how how do we feel about the um the monologues cuz there are kind of three in this movie. Um, one is, is Jeanne um, reading the letter from her sister. The other is her son. And the other one is, um, the, the neighbor at the front door going on and on okay. about veal. You didn't describe
1: <laughs> the one with the son at all. Uh, what was the one with the son about? You
0: know, he, he was like, uh, uh, swords are penises or something yeah. and uh sounds like that would hurt and I didn't I wanted dad to die because that because penetration sounds like that was painful and like you were being hurt and um and then he thought that that was like retribution from God when he died for penetrate, penetrating I guess
3: I don't wh- uh, and then Oh wait, no. You should go if there's something.
1: Oh, there. I, would... I was going to go a little bit off. Go, go ahead, Hunter. You can go a little off. the The thing I was gonna like bring attention to was the fact that this was the sort of situation where like a child hears about sex from their friend and it terrifies them, and they just do not understand it at all, and they have a a, a very interesting reaction in this case. He had it, a
2: very Freudian reaction to it.
1: Yeah, mm. There, there was definitely a Freudian thing there—that yeah. equation of the violent urges with like the an sexual urges. thing. Uh, Is
0: that oh, what you
1: guys are saying? Th- well, so there's something akin to that. It wasn't that he necessarily wanted to sleep with his mom. He said he was afraid he that she w- would
2: stay with him. Right.
1: With with the father. Oh. He desired the father dead so that the he and the mom could be alone and so the mom wouldn't be hurt anymore through the sexual act. And then the mom's like, oh, you didn't really have to worry about that anyway. Uh, that wasn't really going on, essentially. Yeah. She, she has that sort of like passing comment off the end. And then Hunter said something uh, that was yeah. Interesting. I just remember
3: there being some part of that conversation. I don't remember specifically how it tied in, but there being something about something that definitely was supposed to be kind of tying into the the prostitution thing. Something about him saying like, "I don't think I could like make love with someone who I didn't yeah really know and care about or something oh, like that." Oh yeah. mm-hmm. which just felt very pointed. And was and she was like. Huh. Okay. Bye.
1: I was interested about that actually because did was was that does the son know that uh, his mother kind of w- works as a mistress? I, think I don't has no think idea. so. Guess yeah, so. I think he was because she was hides else. the money in the little yeah. jar, uh, jar, mm-hmm. and she says that he says that comment, uh, which does pointedly affect her, but I as like did does he like no I think he design? would
0: probably be very upset based off of what he kind of described his view of sex it like kind of was but sort of is in a weird way like I think he has a very like even though he kind of seemingly understands that that's not how sex works sort of I think he still has negative connotations specifically Maybe. with his mom having sex so is, I is think- this
1: our first film on the list with ace representation <laughs>
0: Maybe, I don't know. I feel like there's I mean, gotta be some characters in A Trip to the Moon there, that aren't exactly interested. like
1: a weird difference between like, one thing that's so weird to me about American Hollywood movies, especially around the time where there's so much censorship with the Hays Code is that everyone is sexless, yet they are presumed to be sexual, like, you aren't allowed to provoke or, like, imply. Like, the characters are sexless, yet they're definitely having it. They want to make sure that you know that they're having it. Gene Kelly singing in the rain, yeah, he he definitely gets some. He's not going to, like, make any comments, and he's not going to, like, you know, actually yeah. do anything bad, but you know he's getting it, because to not have that sort of sexual impulse seems to like threaten the concepts of masculinity especially like the the men that are strong need to be sexually aggressive or be like sexually um active yeah to to desire sex like to desire sex is seemingly like within the context of films and, like, how films construct masculinity, desiring sex with women is, like, a defining feature of, like, what makes uh, a a strong man in a lot of, like, American cinema. A lot of... I I mean, yeah. yeah. You notice that a lot more, because the foreign films, a lot of them, Seventh Seal, they can just let the people just kind of be sexless objects moving through the world and or... Because, like, the the knight isn't, like... in Seventh Seal isn't, like...
2: And he doesn't seem like he's interested in his wife like either. That's kind interested of... Interested in that at
1: all. Not explicitly stated, have, but
2: it's kind of like, yeah, we got married and then I left and now I don't know her by lady that I'm married to, I guess.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's just... This whole thing, and but it does seem to, in some ways, transfer cultures and stuff. We noticed that a lot in, uh, when we were talking about The Handmaiden, and uh, I was specifically thinking about how uh, Bong Jun ho was doing a breakdown of that movie, and I was like, yeah, the man in this is, uh, is, is like a, a very weak manly figure when he is like a terrifying... T- heartless seeming like figure who is apparently just not seen as hard enough societally speaking uh in south korean in south korea as far as like the cultural things like how we actually define masculinity and femininity because it's not just like oh does this person have uh the correct look or the correct Genitals by our society standards or whatever, like what actually defines the them as social roles and why you know some people are expecting something. There's like some expectation for men and women to live up to in their yes. perceived genders and how. What exactly is that within these contexts? Am, am I just like. <laughs> going on about things i'm like everyone else talked about this thing that is weird and hard to talk about so i don't know
0: i mean i don't know like there's probably an interesting reading having to do with um what was the term um like masculine sexuality within this
1: movie
0: Mm. um because it doesn't seem like in general it's um Putting that in a favorable light.
2: Especially with yeah. the one lover that she has at the end. Like that... uh mm-hmm. Yeah. It... Yeah, that was really weird. And like...
0: Yeah, he kind of deserves what's coming to him. Yeah,
2: and like then he's watching her like get dressed again and just like... that. Yeah, it you're right. It, it was painted in a really unfavorable like... I don't know how to... Like I guess he wasn't making it easy for her to do what she was doing if that makes sense. Like... Mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: Yeah, well it's a very like selfish thing and I and I feel like that's something that the sort of the sun ends up in that conversation sort of pointing at in a weird way. Um kind of, I I do feel like it it views yeah, male sexuality as as some kind of like in in the objectification of women and the commodification of sex and all of that it is Yeah, it it is just a selfish act that is sort of harmful in a weird way would be it makes
2: me wonder what happened because the transition point in this movie is after the second visitor comes so on the second day Mm -hmm. after he leaves and like her hair is messed up and that's when she starts forgetting things she leaves doors open like yeah that Mm -hmm. is the breaking point um and Mm -hmm. it makes me wonder like what happened
0: that's what I was in thinking there, while like, watching this. Was the movie. it an especially
2: yeah. like violent or hurtful to her experience what he was doing? But yeah. he seemed mm-hmm. like a regular guest. Like he was like, yeah. "See you next week." Or I also wonder if it That's was an I especially pleasurable experience. Like it actually w- was good for. I don't know. Like it wasn't an especially mm. good experience. And then she's like her worldview is kind of messed up because her, well, I don't, I, I have no way to know. And I feel like it works either way.
0: Yeah. I don't know if we need to know, but something happened there.
1: I, I would guess by the fact that it ends with her having a very bad sexual encounter. Well, not necessarily. It It's not like uh, assaults or anything. It's just, she is just staring at the ceiling with cold dead eyes while he like moves limply on top of her and then like watches in a really sleazy manner but she's like then she snaps and she kills him and just sits in her living room forever i i i get i i my question is was it like a really bad experience or are all of her encounters essentially just like that and after a while it just Mm. wore her down
0: the other people had different vibes than the third guy did like Like the way that they would like, yeah, we'll see you next week or whatever. There was was some amount of conversation Mm -hmm. there or there was just some amount of like, there was some respect maybe shown to her Mm. that this guy just did not have at all. You saw them in different lights. Especially
3: the first guy. Like you saw the first two guys before and after and the third guy you only see in the middle. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because it might be kind of implying that once that those men... Seem like good normal men. Like weave the first guy when he came by, weave was like, "Oh, I wonder if that's her dad." I
0: was like, uh, "I don't know what's <laughs> happening, right?" Yeah, because I at first player, I <laughs> didn't realize that, that that the room that they went into was her bedroom. I thought that was them leaving the apartment. Yeah, because, because that the hallway, way, the ha- they shoot
1: it back and forth both yeah. directions, and it takes a while to actually realize like which direction you're looking. So at this first
0: is- I thought they went out, and then it was like, and I was like, mm. I guess it's pot. Like at first I was like, no, this probably prostitution but there's like a possibility that you know it's her dad or something because he he treats her nice. It is gross. He treats her nice. So
1: her other clients seem to be like regulars and so like I I don't know if she has any like non-regular customers.
2: Well and that's that. I guess we don't need to yeah anyway how does she find these customers?
1: Oh like I don't know like newspaper ads? (laughs) I mean it's illegal isn't it? I'm not sure I if it's illegal in Denmark and uh, not d- in Denmark and in, uh, in Belgium, Belgium. Yeah, I guess we don't know. Yeah, but. because like uh, I know, like Amsterdam is very famous for like having like the red light district and stuff like that because it is completely legal there. Sure. Yeah. Well, I guess I don't. So, know. Uh, but, but it there might doesn't... be even like more of a thing though because men might seem like. Like One thing that you notice a lot in conversations around uh, men doing sexually abusive things is that everyone's like, oh, I can't believe that this person who seems nice and stuff is actually kind of like this. And the truth is, is that people's public facing sort of perception and everything, like how they actually show themselves is not, in fact, how they really are necessarily sure yeah but i don't
0: sorry go ahead
2: well i was gonna kind of change the topic of conversation a little bit so if you want to make a comment about this i was gonna change gears a little bit
0: i was i think my my only point was like i think that that might be but it's it's at the very least it would be buried so
1: deeply this film that it's probably not i don't think it's that deeply a major turning point of the film is leaving doors open and dropping a brush. I, I don't think you can say, Oh, it's like, I think to I, me that seems like way less deep than actually, like, I didn't even notice that she was leaving doors open and she was closing them before. Oh uh, really? Like that completely went past me, but like I naturally And you didn't assumed, notice
2: when the camera got blurry.
1: Uh, no, we didn't. Uh, I think we were being, uh, attacked Assaulted. by a dog yeah. at the time. <laughs> it's true.
0: Um, Yeah, I don't know. I guess I just think that that... I don't know. I don't see a massive amount of evidence for specifically that reading in this film. But I don't think that it's not there entirely. Anyway, sorry, Anna, what were you going to say?
2: Well, I was going to change gears just a little bit and talk about being watched, I guess. And uh, how we behave when we don't think that we're being watched or how we want to be perceived. And so I was listening to actually a podcast just like before we recorded this, from Poetry Unbound. And it's uh, a Matthew Olsman poem called A Mountain Dew Commercial Disguised as a Love Poem. It's really cute. I would highly recommend that you guys listen to it. Um, But he kind of... The way that the poem is written, and the the host of the podcast kind of talks about this more, it's very much like he's watching his wife do these little things, like um, noticing... How she writes in books, and noticing how her hands are soft, and noticing how she writes labels on moving boxes, and just little things about his wife that only an intimate person would really notice, and how much he loves those little things about her. Uh, and I guess I was thinking about what it what it means to be seen and watched. And so there's a quote that actually the host of the podcast Padre Gotama read. Um, It's by E.M. Forrester, and he says, For it is a serious thing to have been watched. We all radiate something curiously intimate when we believe ourselves to be alone. And I think that that quote really applies to this film in a specific and unique way, because, I mean, obviously the actress is not alone. She's being watched by the director and the camera crew and whatever, but watching this woman be alone and what she does when she is alone is really striking. And
0: mm-hmm.
2: like, I noticed the lack of singing and like talking to herself. Cause I like when I'm doing things alone, I'm humming or I'm singing or I'm like kind of chatting to myself or like when she spilled like flour or something, like I would have said something out loud to myself, to the room reacting to that. And just I guess you can tell a lot about someone based on what they do when they're not being watched, but even when they are being watched in the aspects of themselves that they want to be seen, I guess that's really important as you. (sighs) I'm like trying to scram, like funneling thoughts. I'm like, have all these thoughts and I'm trying to get them through a tiny (laughs) funnel into my mouth so I can speak them. I'm going back to the top a thought about my future life, as I was talking about Hunter, like, putting myself in this position. There are some things that I, and this goes back to a poem that I wrote on June 17th, and I want, I want to be noticed doing little things. Like, I want to be noticed when I'm putting on lotion, and, like, I have a really specific way that I put on lotion that I don't know that anyone else does. And, like, the way that I brush my teeth is specific to me. And, like, I want to be noticed doing those things by the person who want to love me forever. Like, like, thinking about a spouse who's gonna know me more intimately and see me. Like, I want to be, I guess, appreciated in the little things that I do. And so I'm watching this woman go about her life completely unseen, but wondering, like, did her husband appreciate the little ticks that she did would do, like putting out the tablecloth and she'd flick it a certain way every time and like rubbing it? And I guess this kind of comes back to our conversation about Cleo too and how our how our personalities change when we are and when we aren't being watched. And I guess maybe to finish my long monologue, how much of this movie do you think she's like I don't think her behavior ever changes when she's with her son when she's not with her son, or when she's with a lover, when she's not, but or a client um do you think that she behaves as if she's being watched all the time or being watched none of the time?
0: hmm well I don't know i I guess I kind of read it as there's a there's like a difference between being like seen and being watched like there's a there's a voyeuristic kind of watching that 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 this movie feels like it has um not only just in like i mean obviously there's probably lots of reading you can do on the you know the feeling of, of being a voyeur looking in on her life when nobody else is there and she's alone and whatever um but that's not so what, much what i mean I, I i feel like there is a deep kind of uncomfortableness of being around people mm-hmm for her um that definitely feels like she's being looked in upon rather than seen interesting i don't know if she feels seen except for maybe that one detail that you're saying with with the sun and the button might be that that bit and that seems like it's a kind of a foreign feeling in some ways um but i honestly feel like when she she does snap um and does kill that dude. Um, He's kind of, even though they're in the same room together and she knows that he's there and this is kind of what she's being paid for or whatever, it does still feel voyeuristic and it's uncomfortable. And I don't know. Like, I, I don't think that she like in, in her actions explicitly, she doesn't change really how she acts when people are in the room versus when they aren't. But at least for me, putting myself into the character or whatever. I think it's very uncomfortable every time somebody else is in the room in
1: this movie. Um, so I don't know. I find that interesting because I was thinking about it through this conversation and that like, so the way others react to, uh, little, like little things and, last year I got really into uh, the short films of Cheryl Dunye, who's a lesbian director who did a lot of, like, kind of home movie short films. Like, they feel, a lot of them feel kind of proto-YouTube videos that she shot on, like, VHS and stuff. But she had this one, and, and they're kind of, like, story time blogs, where she tells, like, stories from her life living in, like, queer community I think in New York Um, and one of the films is called uh, Janine and the moment I specifically remember from it I remember because I had a conversation with someone about it the next day and the moment is she's talking about this girl, one of her first girls that she had a crush on and she's staying the night over uh, and they were taking uh, a shower in like the same room and she took the shampoo bottle and she squeezed the shampoo out onto her head. And the other girl told her, laughed at her and made fun of her and told her that she was doing it wrong. And you squeeze it onto your hand and rub it in, in, in into your hair that way. That that detail was very important. that's the moment that she kind of realized that this girl was kind of a jerk and kind of wasn't worth it. Uh... And I told I that moment impacted me for some reason. It just imprinted myself itself on onto my brain. And the next day, I was talking to someone about it, and then the person responded to me was like, "Yeah, but you're supposed to put it onto your hand." Okay, and yeah, then this is a serious
2: question now. <laughs> Who does anyone in this room put it directly onto their head? No. Okay, good because so that's you're a,
3: wrong. I was like, Man, if you I would have been that. the person. No, no, no. To do that. I was like, really to... curious
1: though. So. I now deliberately alternate the way that I do it. I now deliberately squeeze it directly onto my head. What? Yet, because all of those little aspects and the way that you do things do impact, like, they say something about your past, but they also impact your state of mind. Actually, that's so changes. Little changes you make to, like, how you act. what you do change you, change you specifically. And there is like, with certain things like that, people are like, you're doing that wrong. When you use a specific word and you say uh, funner, and people are like, you're using that word wrong because that's not a real word. It's not really in the dictionary. We're going to have a 10 minute long debate about this where you are going to lose because I'm right. And that mindset going into such such little things is is really interesting because seemingly they don't they don't matter but we treat them and we argue about them as if they matter more than anything else in the world mm-hmm.
2: interesting That's true i appreciate that and i guess
1: yeah
2: i guess you intentionally made a choice not based on who would see you but kind of yeah like based on an experience that you had i don't know i guess i'm i'm still thinking about what it means to be watched and seen versus just witnessed that we've kind of mm-hmm. separated i guess um
0: yeah well, you have to open yourself up to a scrutiny that can be uncomfortable if it's the wrong person or if it's, Yeah. you know.
2: If I'm letting myself be yeah. seen by you, but you don't have the energy or, like, the will to see me, I guess. That's another poem that I've written. Ha <laughs> yeah. ha. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah, but then it's just scrutiny it's like, and it's very uncomfortable.
2: I am in a place where yeah. I want you, like, I'm ready to let you see me doing things. That nobody else really gets to see Like, I guess to take it out of a romantic Situation, but like When my roommate and I Were first moving in and like Getting settled in our room This past fall, like We got to see Each other in situations that we never had before We'd never been roommates before And so like, she was the first person Actually, I was brushing my teeth and she was like Anna, you brush your teeth really violently What are you doing? And I was like Whoa, back off (laughs) But like I guess that position of really intense vulnerability where you're Mm -hmm. deciding that you're going to let somebody else see you doing things. And I think that Jean doesn't let herself be seen doing vulnerable things. Like even things that would be vulnerable. Like, I don't know. I think there's a certain level of intimacy in like brushing your hair or like washing your hands, like the things that she does in her routine, but it's almost like she sterilizes them because she doesn't want, A connection which is kind of what we've talked about about being uncomfortable with people
0: Mm -hmm. yeah no i i I agree um and i think maybe personally i feel that maybe a little bit more because i think i probably in my day-to-day life in this this current whatever season that i'm in probably Mm -hmm. live more in fear of scrutiny of those little things than i do like wanting to be seen or whatever. And I feel like that's been different at different parts of my life. But, um, but I think that might be part of the reason why this film is as impactful to me as, as it is. Um, uh, it's cause I, cause I feel that I feel that the discomfort of, of, yeah, like having everything in order, every little duck in a row. Um, and, yeah Uh, and and not
1: yeah
0: not wanting comments on it if that makes sense you know yeah which feels like a lot of this movie even though there's rarely if ever any kind of actual voiced scrutiny towards her um although i will say i feel like her sister definitely comes across as the kind of person yes to to be a lot of scrutiny
1: oh yeah she she (laughs) in her letter she gives off that vibe of uh, being really opinionated about yeah. other people's lives. I will
0: thing. I will be alone and depressed and I will murder somebody before I let myself <laughs> live near my sister and be scrutinized to death
1: Well and I kind of feel that because like I don't get the thing where I'm like I want to be seen. I kind of feel like most of the time I experience being seen as like watching myself and constantly being afraid that anyone will actually see me uh, because i i am very afraid of like hmm. of myself sort of hmm. or like you know you don't like certain parts of yourself or you it, it's like a thing that you feel guilty about um your about yourself and your own needs and like, like being able to actually say, hey, I need some time alone. Sure. Because I always feel like I'm supposed to be such and such. Like, I, I want to be someone useful. I want to be uh, Quentin Tarantino or someone who's always, like, doing work and always making art all the time and always doing this. And I feel the need to be productive and useful and good and kind and everything when, like, you know, you can say that it's it's good to self-improve. But, like, if improving yourself means just destroying yourself and living in denial of yourself, I don't think that's actually self-improvement at all. Yeah. You have to know yourself to be able to, mm-hmm. like, actually improve. And you have to accept yourself to be able to yeah. improve. Mm-hmm yeah do you feel like uh,
0: Jean Dillman is um, is kind of running away from herself or or
1: just not coming to terms with herself at all It's really it, it's really weird the movie because it's you watch her for so long and you know so many things about her and that just makes you... Wonder how many things you don't know. Because mm. you rarely hear her speak. So it's not like someone's just going forward And like describing this character to you. It's all show. No tell. There are little moments. That kind of reveal bits of her. But by the end of this movie.
2: Well it's like she, she has the opportunity to describe herself. By her behavior. Instead of how... Like, I might present myself to you, I'm meeting you for the first time, and I'm trying to, like, be the person that you want me to be, but l- it, I guess we, we only get to see her when she's alone and being with herself, so we know her in her most intimate state.
1: In some way, we know her better, so much better than some, ran- some other person that you know far more about. Like, we know her, but we don't know very yeah. much about her. We don't know, like, the facts and trinkets. We don't know the things that will be brought up as, as as small talk at a party, which are, like, how we kind of categorize people in our minds. You know, such and such a person does such and such a thing, likes such and such a color, talked for way too long about such and such a topic, and has this sort of disposition. Like, I, it kind of draws, like, just that thing where y- you feel sometimes that you really don't know someone very well and you're just constantly paranoid about not knowing someone very well and not knowing everyone ab- everything about them. But if you really watch them, it's kind of like not terribly, like just like knowing someone isn't terribly exciting in that like, in that way you're just there and you're like, yeah, of course. Uh, Jean is uh, when she pours the coffee and the milk, and then she tastes it. Oh, and it tastes off. And then so she, she drops it, and then uh, she just she ta- smells the milk, and, and you're like, oh, yeah, I can, I can feel like all these movements. Oh, she makes this, and now she's going to go and clean it immediately afterwards. Oh, it's the morning. She's going to like peel the potatoes and start the potatoes going. Um like you, you it, there's, there's so much, so much there that you just know little bits, but at the same time, like, you know, you can always feel like you're missing something.
2: Yeah. Hunter, I don't know if we're going to be able to wrap this podcast up at all because there's like five words in this entire movie. <laughs>
0: And they're all in French. Yeah, but I was going to ask, do we have any final thoughts before Hunter finds a quote?
3: I didn't even think about that. Not that I usually do, I
0: guess. Uh, <laughs> go onto tw- the quotes <laughs> page. <laughs> uh, you could give uh, the uh,
1: the sword monologue. You know, yeah. you, you can always... And make
0: people uncomfortable. Find us on movieoverloadpod.com. I think, yeah. I believe. Uh, we have so many things on there. You can follow uh, our Letterboxd account,
1: which is up to date now it is uh while you were there did you reset the password so that we can never. actually access it again it's never normal. will i do that
3: it's not on the the notion i checked
1: it's not on the notion
3: <sighs> good
1: grief i will never you'll have to remember to do it yeah maybe. anyways uh social media
0: that we don't post on uh yeah we're so good at not posting on it except sometimes hunter has like funny little bits that he sticks on the instagram like, there were probably a few. Very many, rarely. Right? I have not Barely. done it in I, I checked episodes. it. But the last time
1: was King Kong. It is, was the King Kong He Big episode. Monkey the last one? That was the last one I saw. I don't
3: know if we've okay. made well, actual should... posts, but I did make that one. Yeah, about Editor we'll Joe. Yeah. No, I've made, no, 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 wait. There's that, there's yeah, that editor selfie Joe. of, of or Fred. Here. Yeah. Or Fred, yeah. Um, he's, um, yeah, there's definitely a post of... Everyone. Well,
0: you should definitely
1: go see the He Big Monkey bit.
0: Yeah. Classic. Before for that. Uh, uh, and you can go life?
1: not give us money yeah. on Patreon because we don't oh, yeah. do shit. And we kind of just made it because everyone has one. And mm. you're like, well, I well, mean, we would do maybe. stuff with it if we had a t- t- any kind of incentive to. Huh? Well, yeah, okay.
0: Audience interaction. Well, please interact with us. In TV so H- please. In. Except friend of the pod, Tim, interacts. And I appreciate yeah, sometimes. it. Sometimes. With everything in my soul. Uh, like Tim. Um, Tim is nice. They... So, call me... Tim? Tim? Yeah. Hmm. We sometimes
1: uh, hear some stuff from Silas. True. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Former Silas.
0: guest on the podcast. Yeah. Um, and former patron.
1: Yeah. And, Which is okay. It's you know, right. if We're we ever relocate the whole podcast to the East Coast, uh, we can... You know, like, record future episodes with Gross. Silas. What's so on, true. What's on the coast Gross. Coast? Nothing. Thing. Silas. That is the only no, thing Silas on am coast. Silas true. is, in, is he's in, like, the middle of the country. Yeah, oh, he's, he's in not, the mid- he's middle? Not t- he's not really on the coast, no. Uh, yeah. I'm just used to everyone you know being either on the east coast or the West coast. Because why would you ever want to live yeah, in the middle? It's just us.
3: What, what coast am I on?
0: Ooh, good point. Because there are mountains hey, in the middle. Colorado. Ooh. It gets wet at the edges, it's but there are big pokey bits in the middle. That's actually middle. kind of the west. It's kind of it not so the Midwest. Yeah. It's Texas. Colorado's
2: just kind of like west. Yeah. Like it's not yeah. the west coast, it's just west.
0: Yeah. I yeah. think. West, the, uh, people the, normally the, call it the, the middle? technically the top of the southwest. What? Yeah. Yeah. Well, technically, it's like Arizona, Colorado, Nevada, Utah.
1: Yeah, and uh, don't forget to continue listening to the podcast. Next week's episode should be uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Which will be very yeah, that'll be episode, episode 48. 48. Uh, we are approaching, we're, we are maybe, maybe putting some plans together for something for our uh, bicentennial. Yeah. Are, oh, our that's
0: right. Fund. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting close. We're getting close. We're almost halfway there. Yeah.
2: Living on a prayer. prayer. Oh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that, that was a good noise. camel interpretation.
3: Thank you. Wait, haven't no, no, found the whale yet. Oh. Uh, well, I mean, there are quotes. Are they good? I don't know. That's up to uh, someone how we else. say, at the end of um, the podcast. I wanted to say, are we going to have some required extra watching now that there is supplemental material for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Is there what? supplemental this material? This is me making fun of Netflix for making that one show about what's her butt.
0: What? Uh, oh, the... Ratchet. Ratchet. Oh, Ratchet. Whatever
1: uh, whatever. S- I don't know. I don't, I don't know what that is, thi- actually. It's a, it's it's Netflix, a Netflix show. show about it's, like uh, a character
3: from that movie, I guess. I don't that know one person from is. American Horror Story. Wahoo. A
1: starring...
0: That's so weird. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they thought that was a good
3: idea,
1: I but don't. they
0: sure did do it. TBH, I am, any movie of these on this list that I haven't seen, I pretty much am going bl- into blind. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I don't actually know anything it. about One Fluid. Have I any of was you read, read the book besides me? I Definitely have not. not. Bro,
2: okay. So yeah, I'll
1: be there. I know that there's a Jack Nicholson in it. Oh yeah, I know uh, that
0: and he's wearing a beanie.
1: I know that there is a nurse nurse who is mean. Don't tell, me don't tell me anything about it. Spoilers! Don't tell me anything.
0: I don't know, I know anything it takes place about it. In a I don't hospital. need to know in Oregon. Actually, about it. ooh in Oregon.
2: Yeah, that's nice. partly why I know so much about it because like I've been to a lot of the places that are in this cool. movie.
1: That makes sense. So, yeah. okay, so uh, we'll someone might off. watch the show that's if we get around lot. to it that someone will probably be me because I'm the one who is most likely to throw True. away days of yeah. their life on stupid I, side projects. Very Hunter, have you found
0: a quote yet?
3: I have found several. None <laughs> of them are any
0: interesting. That's any, so good. Throw good it at well, us. We should just make like a potato anyway. sound so, or like I mean, the yeah. sound yeah. of a sink. There was like yeah, let's do the sound of a potato dropping on the floor. Baby,
3: why are you so noisy? Or there's like, this is a quote where she says, Uh, I added less water than last week. Maybe that's why it's That was like the first thing she said in the whole movie. Or you can say there's there's lots of great quotes on the IMDb quotes page because there's like sleep tight. Did you wash your hands? Is it good? (laughs) You know, really insightful (laughs) meaningful
1: stuff.
0: I love it. That's all I'm going to give you. Thanks thanks for watching, listening. The best quote will always be
1: everyone be quiet, silent. That was the sound Hmm. of a potato not (gasps) dropping. Wow! Not dropping.
3: Those fools Uh, really uh, dropped the potato. Ha ha ha!
2: Um, Okay,
1: the end of the podcast.
3: Get
1: out of here. (laughs) Do we still
3: have that assigned? (laughs)